The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio, FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. What time is it? It's uh, a little after seven. I, I, are we prime time now? I yes, mean, we I, are. We're not Brian Kilmeade. No, right? we are not. We are not Brian Kilmeade. We're gonna we're gonna travel some of the roads that he sometimes travels. Well, yeah, but not the road. You know, not the Fox Road. If you have a health question, this is your chance. Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. We feel honored to be on. In the evening here. Yeah. They've never let me on during the week really? at all. Come on. I've only been on WPTF on the weekends. Really? Well, the weekend is is the place to be. It's important. You know, you know it's a new meme now? What's that? My kids told me about. What? Uh, James Bond. Okay? Yeah. Um, Craig. Yeah, Daniel Craig. He introduced this um, um, group on Saturday Night Live, and he said, ladies and gentlemen, the weekend. Well, yeah. now apparently that meme is all. I got like three <laughs> texts with that meme on it at five o'clock today. The weekend. The Cause, weekend. Because there's we're a group usually called on. the weekend. Yeah. Well, enjoy your weekend, but call us up nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Got a couple of things to talk about. We got the Merck pill. We've got a not study. The pill. The pill. Pill. Well, it's a pill. It's but a pill, it's, but it's not for that. It's a COVID pill. COVID pill, and I'm very and excited about it. This could be a good thing. Yeah. Um, trans females as athletes. Nasal spray. That's a totally different story. I've gone gone on for one. <laughs> it's a different story. Well, trans athletes use nasal spray. Okay, sometimes. so so we're, if if there is a sort of a Venn diagram with trans female on one side and nasal spray on the other, you can count on this show to get it. Yes. Hospitals are firing people. Yep. Can you right believe left. this? And, you know, the thing that really is bothersome yeah. is that they already have a staff shortage. Right. Uh, you know, you hear that the ICUs are overwhelmed. Right. That's not because they don't have the beds. Right. Because they don't have the nurses and staff to take care of those beds. So sure. they have closed the beds. And nurses are leaving in droves. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a pay issue at the hospital, right. but it is the burnout right. from the ICU and COVID issue. Mm-hmm. But you know what else it is? Hmm. It's called travel nursing. Did I tell you about this? Yeah, you told me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so w- what I know from my own apartment building, and I go to the pool. Well, of course, the pool's getting closed. Yeah. But all these women would be sitting around. And so I say, hey, what do you do? I'm a nurse. Where do you work? Well, I work for a travel nurse company. And then they tell me. They used to be intensive care unit nurses in Chicago. They got offered a $20,000 signing bonus and $5,000 a week to go to Raleigh and work in, say, the intensive care unit at Rex Hospital. Yeah, but they got to pay for apartments. Well, no. No? That's free, too. And guess what else they got? A free Mm -hmm. car. 
And so now they're working alongside the nurses who stayed. Right. Who didn't leave, who didn't quit, making, you know, gosh knows how much less. So it's it's a real tough situation. You know, the nursing shortage is amazingly yeah. bad. Yeah. So anyway, I just often a tangent, but it, it intersects a lot of things. COVID has really devastated a lot of uh, industries, and one of them is the medical industry itself. One of the things that's going on is that everyone— regardless of whether they're a nurse or a doctor or a teacher. EKG tech, anybody deals with people. But everybody is reevaluating. What they're doing. What they're doing. You know something? You had had a year or more and you were either home or sitting at home or you were working at home or you went into the office and at some point you said. What am I doing this for? Maybe there's something else. Yeah. Is Is this all there is? Yep. You know, I went to uh, my favorite diner, the shiny diner, Rock and Comet in Clayton, yeah. at seven yeah. o'clock. Guess what? What? It's closed. Really? Guess why? They can't get people. They couldn't hire anybody. You know, McDonald's wow. is offering $600 signing bonuses. Wow. $15 an hour. I signed up. <laughs> yeah, I can flip a burger you. just as good as anybody I, else. I can just you know? see you and see you leaning out the window with a hat saying, on. With, Sir. You do not need this. <laughs> do not get the extra fries. Yes, just just medium, not supersized. <laughs> okay. Well, you know the other thing is you can lose weight at McDonald's. You sure, just you can. Follow the menu. Yes. It tells you how many calories there are. Yeah. And you can lose weight by restricting your calories to say sixteen hundred. Sure. There's a woman who did that. Yeah. Three for three months, all she did was eat at McDonald's. <sighs> yes. And she watched her calories. She lost fifty pounds. That's good. Bill in Raleigh joins us now. <laughs> Hi, Bill. Hi, Dave. Uh, I got a question for uh, Dr. Yeah. Um, somebody that's old and experienced. Um, that's me. Uh, 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 anyway, uh, you said you had gone through some depression. Yes, okay. absolutely. What causes it? Okay, now, and, this is a really good point. Um, and, and how do you determine if somebody, is there a blood test, urine test? Uh, I wish there was. Something to make sure that yeah. somebody is actually suffering from depression. Okay. So clinical depression is very, very different from somebody who says, you know, I'm depressed today. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't get uh, I didn't get the, the food I wanted or, you know, my car didn't start. Clinical depression is a brain illness, okay? And I, I, I want to emphasize that when you are clinically depressed, the brain isn't functioning right. Um, the dopamine uh, is uh, not there. Dopamine is one of those magic neurotransmitters that causes happiness. So something's not right. Serotonin, those things get in your brain and they perk you up. They make your mood better. It works in different parts of the brain, the hippocampus. So I was clinically depressed, uh, brought on by certain situations in my life, mm-hmm. and I got better. Um, definitely better, and I've been better for years. And, you know, I've taken a couple crazy pills and going to wean myself off of them, but it's a chemical thing. And I, I hate to use the word chemical imbalance, but that is a good way to describe it. And how well, do the – go ahead. Well, uh, no, I don't want to interrupt you. But no, go ahead. My, uh, what I wanted to follow up with is um, what, you know, based upon what I read, uh, from coming from my opinion. Sure. Um, everything I read seems to indicate there is one, 
one, not only one, but the paramount one remedy for depression or to prevent depression sure. is is what? What would you what would you say is okay. the number one um, uh, technique to prevent or to alleviate depression? That's that's tough. There is depression that is genetic, that is handed down. And so it definitely, if your parents were depressed, um, if they had a history of major depression, it runs in the family. And the major way to prevent a serious illness related to depression is to understand that and be aware uh, mm-hmm. and have an intervention early. Um, if you talk about the depression that comes on situationally and then gets worse and leads to a major illness, um, the best way to do that is to have a social uh, interaction uh, network. I hate to use the word social network because that's been taken over by Facebook. But I'm talking about friends and family and interactions and and discussions of, of how you feel and how the situation is because people can intervene. And believe it or not, talking with somebody you care about will release uh, the certain neurotransmitters in your brain, uh, the endorphins, and, and that will help a ward off the worsening of depression. But the Dr. most important thing is to catch the symptoms early. Well, Work Dr. on talk therapy. Get medication if you need it. But there's nothing Dr. that we can do to say a urine test or a blood test. Go Dr. ahead, Bill. Yeah, I'm sorry. It, it just, it, it just it, it, in, in my experience, yeah. um, and what I've been able to read, you know, um, I would like to know as much as you do without having to put in all the work that you've had to put in. And I realize well, a lot of it is a lot of work was personal experience too, you know, by personal experience in this. And so, yes. And that's why I'd like to, I'd like to have a doctor that did have the experience of, of things like this. But my point, the point I'm trying to make is, or what I wanted to bring to light is that, um, not enough people exercise and what I've been able to, study and learn and observe is that the number one solution to uh, serious illnesses and and, um, and and something similar to or like depression is exercise. Oh, I and, believe that. You, you know, UNC, uh, I'm not plugging any hospital, but UNC is the only hospital in this area that I know of that actually has like a, a, an exercise uh, program for people to go and swim and exercise and get their vitals checked and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Sure, yeah, sure. That, 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 that is so important, but yet so, so overlooked. Yeah, and, and I think you're absolutely right. What, we know chemically how that happens. When you exercise, you release what are called endorphins, and they are very similar to narcotics. Um, they're not, and, and they're actually they are addictive. So if you see some of these young Gen Zs and, and millennials and now even people, you know, older, they're addicted to exercise. And what does that mean? It means that their brains need that endorphin surge from heavy exercise to keep themselves happy. So on the other hand, if you are depressed or if you have a tendency to depression, if you, just like you say, if you start exercising, you can really pull yourself out of it. Now, I don't want to say there's a magic bullet to anything. There's talk okay. therapy, there's socialization, there's uh-huh. exercise, and there's medications. But the most yeah. important thing is nobody should be ashamed of 
having depression or having bipolar illness. It's a brain disease. It is no different than diabetes, than high blood pressure, Mm -hmm. and we have to treat it that way. There's no stigma involved. And the more we talk about it, the more people will understand that one of the ways to treat depression is just Mm -hmm. say, look, I'm not feeling well. I need some help. And be it exercise, be it talk therapy, be it medication, be it whatever, Mm -hmm. don't shy away from admitting you need help in that regard because you'll get better. And there's lots of things we can do. First step is your GP. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, the thing that I think is that one of the things that happens is that sometimes it's like you don't have enough time to talk about it yeah. or you're embarrassed to talk about it. Or you're talking about other symptoms. You know, I'm tired. Yeah. Uh, I got a headache. Um, my heart's palpitating. And, and if you are aware that that could be depression, that's great. But one of the things that your doctor can do is pull all those symptoms together. And they don't say it's all in your head. Yeah. No, it's in your, it's in your brain. It's, all these things are a manifestation of the bad things chemically going on upstairs. You know? So I really appreciate your calling today. This is one of my pet interests, and that is uh, people need to take what we call mental illness and say brain illness. Right. Okay, it's a brain illness. It is just as like an, it's a pancreas illness for diabetes. It's right. a, you know, liver illness for hepatitis. It's mm-hmm. a brain illness and we have to approach it that way. It's not all chemical in terms of treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, there are lots of great things we can do. But exercise is absolutely uh, a good thing for people who want to help pull themselves out of depression. Bill, thank you very much for the phone call. Great call. And call us again. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. We have some audio for you tonight. Uh, Hugh Hewitt is a broadcaster who, uh, he's on mostly Christian stations. I don't know why Dr. Fauci thought that it was a good idea to go on the Hugh Hewitt show. But he said what we've all thought, and we'll hear that in just a moment on uh, Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. This is Heart Health Radio. Dr. Franklin Weefald with us. Absolutely. I'm here. Merck has come out with a pill. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, Everybody knows, I think, about Tammy Flu. You know about Tammy Flu, don't you? Yeah. Not Tammy Flu, but... I know Tammy, but her last name's not Yeah, flu. no, no, no. Anyway, Tammy Flu, and there's several others whose names I can't remember. You don't They're, call it Tamiflu? Tamiflu, Tammy Flu. I don't know. I okay. just say the yeah, pill. Go ahead. But anyway, there are several others out of the market. Uh-huh. What the antivirals do will prevent them from replicating, making copies of themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, Merck has uh, been working on, and I think all sorts of people have been working on antiviral medications and you might want to call them antibiotics but they're not and so they tested it uh thousands of people who got covid and early on took the medicine and 45 50 percent got better quickly and it reduced the risk of hospitalization and death just about as well as the regeneron does so i think one of the reasons why I want to bring this up, it's not on the market yet, but everybody's down in the dumps. We had another big, you know, woo-ha with, with, with Delta. What we all should realize is that our technology, our ability to uh, meet and confront 
any technological issue and solve it. Right. Is another example. And there are probably three or four other pills out on the on the horizon too. And what this is gonna do is develop an idea that antivirals can be a big thing for us, not sure. just vaccines. Sure. But give a medicine when we get it. If you get influenza and you can get it even if you've had the flu shot, ask your doctor for one of the anti influenza medications. Tamiflu is one of them. Right. We might come out of this with a better arsenal of anti-flu medicines right. and anti, you know, the common cold has still right. not been cured. You're right. But the common cold is a COVID, COVID. or is a some coronavirus. coronavirus. So there's uh, the coronaviruses, there's the adenoviruses. Um, in fact, one of the vaccines, yeah. uh, the J&J, was made out of an adenovirus uh, that was mutated and, and made to produce uh, a COVID um, spike protein to make an, uh, an antibody in your body. Right. But anyway, I think this is another thing we've realized. For example, Regeneron, the monoclonal antibodies. We we could do that with influenza, right? Mm-hmm. I don't we, know. If you get influenza, we could have an off-the-shelf uh, group of monoclonal antibodies like we're doing with COVID and give it to people who are ill with influenza so they don't get sick. You know. Excellent. All right. There is a – I don't know Why? Why? Miss Dr. Fauci went on this yeah. show with conservative Christian broadcaster Hugh Hewitt. But Hugh Hewitt said, and there's not a lot that the doctor could respond. We hear the doctor, but mostly this is Hugh Hewitt talking about and talking to directly to Dr. Fauci. The botch testing at the beginning. No research on masks for children in primary care. The J&J pause. The controversy over the, um, uh, the use or non-use of ivermectin, and there was no study yet completed. Dr. Collins told me it's not done yet. The, uh, the no discussion of, of natural immunity, which exists and ought to be out there. The discussion of herd immunity, which is switched, switched back and forth. The mask discussion at the beginning, don't wear masks, the noble lie, and then wear masks. Now, equity issues in the FDA panel scientific discussion. I've lost confidence in the CDC and the FDA. And I actually believe a lot of Americans, a significant part of America, now have lost confidence in you, Dr. Fauci. Is there a point where you will say, I do more harm than good because people don't listen to me anymore? And step aside. No, absolutely unequivocally <laughs> no. Amazing. Sorry, I mean I agree with a lot of the things that you've been saying. You come from a different perspective than I do, but I think the thing that gets lost in the discussion, and that people need to understand, and I do know that some people don't understand it and don't accept it, even if they, you know, smart people who evaluate it in their own context, is that we have been dealing with an evolving situation. And I just get back to what I've said before, and I totally understand and respect your differences. So so basically, someone finally said it to the to doctor face. on television I will say, or on yeah, on the radio, video. On media. I mean, right. I will say this. Uh, he answered uh, without being you know, mad, mm-hmm. without responding in a negative way like we usually see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'm starting to kind of feel sorry for Dr. Fauci, and and I, 
I don't mean that in a derogatory sense. Um, I feel sorry for him because he is so convinced that whatever he thinks is right Mm -hmm. that he won't even stop to consider that people are going to be aghast when he goes 180 degrees on something and doesn't say, well, you know, I was wrong about this because it's sort of like, hey, I was right all the time. And I said that before I was right then. And now I'm saying the opposite. I'm right now. Right. It, it, it's terrible. And I think I've never actually heard this guy, Hewitt. Um, he sounded like he's uh, pretty he's on, reasonable. The, on the ball. Yeah, he's reasonable. Yeah. And, you know, the thing, yeah. the noble lie, you know what that was? Yeah. Yeah. So remember, uh, in the beginning, when the mask issue came out, yep. he said, we don't need masks. Well, right. it turned out that was his noble lie, so you didn't take them from the healthcare workers. So I, I agree with, with Dr. Hewitt. I actually think it's time for Fauci to head off into the sunset. Because wow. so many people are just fed up with all the confusion. All right. We're going to talk about a nasal spray that you might want to know about. A fella got a high bill for a COVID test. I don't know, tens of thousands of dollars? $54,000. Yeah, it was too much. That's coming up also. Trans female athletes. They're great. That's coming up. Well, I mean, they're great at it. They're great athletes. That's coming up next on Heart Health Radio. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. You're listening to Heart Health. And we are on the Heart Health Radio Network with a question about trans female athletes. Well, you know, this is an example in my mind, of the ridiculousness of yeah. some medical research. Yeah. So in England, they decided, blimey, let's see was who's better, you know, the, the I, true female athlete or the I, trans female athlete. Okay, first of all, I watch a lot of British television. They almost never say blimey. I just saw it. Have you ever seen that show, Luther? Yes. Yeah, they say blimey on that. Okay. Okay. I, what, I don't even know what blimey means. Okay, so the so point anyway, is they so researched. They researched it, and they said, oh, I wonder why all these trans female athletes win. I mean, you they go into the uh, Women's Olympics yes. and whatever, and they always win. Why is that? And so oh. the answer is, you want to believe this, what they said? They're what? bigger, they're, they're faster, yeah. and they're stronger. And guess why? Uh, I don't They have I, testosterone. So- this is another example of let's let's spend three hundred thousand dollars, a million dollars on right. a study where you get the obvious answer. So, the point is, they did a study and spent some money, serious money, to figure out why trans athletes who started out their lives as boys, as men, who went then became men, identified as women, and, and decided and then, that they should be able. To compete in women's events. Yes. And they're being allowed to. In fact, if you don't let them, you get banished from the earth. Well, okay. And so they said, well, why are they winning? Uh, duh. I they're, mean, we all know why they're winning. Because they're guys. Now, whether you believe in that or not is not the issue. Right. The issue right, right, is right, right. they will win. Okay. And that that's the way you want it. That's the way you want it. Now, I have four daughters. Yes. Uh, one of whom played intercollegiate sports yep. at a high level. And quite frankly... If they had allowed trans athletes into her sport, which is lacrosse, mm-hmm. she would have never been able to achieve 
the level of skills that mm-hmm. she had. She was all American um, uh, Division Three. Mm-hmm. So anyway, be that as it may, this is only a reason why I'm bringing it up is it's a prime example of the ridiculousness yeah. of some medical research. It's just crazy. Okay. And that got funded by the National Health Service in bloody old England. Yes. So who knows? Well, all right. So they start out, never mind. I'm what? not going to. Go ahead. They start out life as little boys. Yeah. And then at some point they go through puberty as and become men. Well, not only that, sometimes yes. they are identifying as females at a very young age. Yes. And there was a, an interesting case where the father and the mother were divorced. Yeah. And the oh, mother yeah, yeah. decided that this young boy wanted to be a girl. Yes. And was going to get sex assignment surgery, reassignment surgery on an eight-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So well, I, I, there you go. Here we yeah. go. The, I believe that some men and some women identify as women or men. I yeah. believe that. Yeah. Um, but in my opinion, uh, biology still matters. It's not just what you think. And it may be a biological basis for someone to identify if they're a biological male as a, as a female. Yeah. But there are societal things that we have to consider. And it's not just that person's rights. Right. right. It's all the girls who want to compete and want to win medals and want to be in their own division so they can compete against similarly biologically equipped individuals. There is a, a trans female athlete in mixed martial arts. Right. And comp- it's essentially a someone who used to be a man. Yeah. Who is now competing against women. I think that's just a sh- I just, and he's, they're going to he's going to kick the you know what out of them. Right. Somebody's going to get hurt. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. I I just want to go on record that Almost every woman I know can kick my my butt. Oh well, that's so there different. you go. Okay, that's the Dave syndrome. Okay. <laughs> so so from the medical news. <laughs> by the way, the telephone line is open. Folks are probably saying to themselves, you know, this is probably a recorded show. They're it, not it, really it in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we are recording. We are we'll live. Use it some other time. Call and we'll uh, see if we can. Uh, Answer your questions or give you some advice. 919-860-9783. Amputations are way way up. up. It's just terrible. In fact, I've had to send two people for amputations this week that I think might have been preventable. Um, They didn't come see the doctor for over a year Uh. because of COVID worries. and. Peripheral vascular disease is a big thing. We in cardiology take care of those individuals quite frequently. Vascular surgeons do as well. Yeah. Because, you know, cholesterol buildup in the heart will also indicate that you might have cholesterol buildup in the arteries to your brain and to your legs. Yeah. So what happens, especially in people with diabetes, uncontrolled hypertension, uh, people who have had high cholesterol for a long period of time, especially smokers, will get blockages of cholesterol in the arteries that feed blood to their legs. The yeah. symptoms can often be cramping, um, pain oh. in the calves when you walk. Uh, it comes on uh, after a certain amount of physical activity. The bad news is when we see what's called tissue loss, okay? Rest pain, which means your legs are aching just when you're sitting. Yeah. And then you start getting sores or uh, ulcers that don't heal. Right. The toes often go first. And the reason is little blood clots can form where the blood is not flowing well 
on those cholesterol plaques and they right. break off, go downstream, and they lodge in the arteries at the end of the stream, which is in your toes. Yeah. So the toes get black, they get turned gangrenous, mm. and, then, and then they don't hurt anymore, okay? So if you're not being careful and paying attention to your toes, right. you don't notice they're black, and that happens, I'm telling you. That's why I look at the feet of my patients, even when they don't ask me to. Yeah. And so if you don't go to the doctor and the doctor doesn't ask you about your symptoms and he or she doesn't order some blood pressure tests, that's how we can diagnose it early. Right. You slap the blood pressure cuff on the thigh, on the calf, and on the ankle, and you measure the differences as you go further toward the feet. And yeah. as you get blockages in your legs, those blood pressures drop. And you can actually see the flow going down. And you can prevent uh, amputations by fixing that blood flow quick. And if you right. don't, then you wind up having a dead foot or a dead leg. And we're seeing the number of amputations that have been necessary just skyrocketing. And it's a shame. Because people have I've been away from their doctor. Or, or in this pandemic-associated um, uh, stay-at-homeness, if yeah. that's a word, sure. they're not exercising. So they can't tell. That their arteries are blocking up. They don't have the symptoms. Or if they're diabetic, often you have what's called a neuropathy. Mm-hmm. You can't feel the pain in your feet. Right. And that's why it's so important to still keep going to your doctor. Right. And I I don't know. Do you know the answer to this? Have, been, have there been studies on whether you can get COVID from your doctor's office? I don't think so. I don't, I've never I seen anything. I haven't heard a single case. Have you? No. Shutting no. down a doctor's office because they spread COVID? No. Haven't heard of it. I, I'll tell you, the only thing that was near to this, and it was a negative situation, remember when it first broke out and we didn't have any sort of treatment for it at all, or, you know, it was terrible, yeah. but we hadn't shut down everything. Right. Two hair salons. Yes. Two hair care ladies. Right. You know, they were the, right. beauticians. Yes. Cosmetologists. Or treated, I guess that's a wrong term, they served a hundred and some odd people. Right. No COVID. Right. And they were wearing masks. And they were wearing masks. They were wearing masks. Larry in Raleigh, you're on the radio at WPTF. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Good. What's up? Um, If you know somebody or your, your wife, per se, has a lot of problems and she goes to the doctor, yeah. And he don't really know what to do. Yes. Um, and she's been to like five or six doctors. Huh. How do you find a doctor that can treat like the whole leg from your hip or your waist down to your toes without going to four or five specialists? Here is the, you hit the nail on the head about one of the things that's wrong with medicine nowadays, okay? And I, I call it the right toe versus the left left great toe syndrome, okay? Mm. So you go to a doctor because he's the world's expert on treating your right great toe. Yeah. And you say, hey, doc, can you look at my left great toe? He says, oh, no, I got to send you to my partner. He's the <laughs> expert on the left great toe. We've become so subspecialized. Yeah. Now, when I was at Johns Hopkins, we prided ourselves at being physicians okay you hear about the term doctor well a physician is a a term derived from the greek and that's where you are a doctor of everything Mm -hmm. so there's something called internal medicine the only thing we didn't do is cut and sew although i did a little bit of that too when i was moonlighting so what you need to find 
is an internal medicine specialist who was trained to think about the body as a whole. So if you have pain, say in your right leg, you've got to know what could it be. It could be the bone. Mm -hmm. uh, It could be the hip bone, the femur bone. There are certain questions and signs and symptoms you look for. It could be the muscle. There are certain signs and symptoms you look for. Is it a nerve problem? Is it a blood flow problem? And that takes time. Okay, you got to sit there. Yeah. You got to look at your patient. You got to you got to have a conversation. Um, one of my teachers, a guy named Philip Tumulty, described the interaction between a physician and a patient as a chess game. Okay, mm. so the the patient moves his pawn. Mm-hmm. You decide as a physician whether you're going to move your rook. You're asking <laughs> questions. You hope the patient doesn't checkmate you. Yeah, but you know you got to find a physician who does that. Now, back in my day, at places like Johns Hopkins and at places like Duke and UNC, there were the consultants, okay? They were the people who were known to take on the tough cases that nobody else wanted to take on. Right. And Philip Tumulty was one of those. I mean, there were very famous people who came from all over the country because they were sick and they, nobody could figure out what they, what they had. And he right. could figure out some of them. So my recommendation um, would be to call up one of the major medical centers and say, look, my wife has a problem. And you can, there's a consultation line. You can call the main number. Say, my wife has a problem. I need a really good internal medicine physician who can just spend an hour with me and my wife and decide where to go from there. Review the records. Yeah. Review all the old tests. Because it's very difficult nowadays. Now, I do this. I'm not saying you should come see me, but I no longer just put stents in, put pacemakers in, since I have decided I've decided to use my internal medicine skill. And believe me, I've seen some amazing stuff in the last year. People who've been told, I don't know what's wrong with you, nothing we can do. And it takes time. I yeah. tell people this is not the only time we're going to see each other. This is not the only test we're going to do. Because you're going to come back and maybe something will fall out of the sky when we talk again next time that'll make the, the light go off in my head and figure out what's going on. Yeah. But you need you don't need a sub-sub-sub-sub-specialist in that situation. If somebody can't find out what's wrong, you need a generalist who's really well-educated, who can ask the right questions and, and sort of f- figure it all out. It's a puzzle. Larry, does that make sense? Uh, yes, but uh, finding these people, I mean, you know, there's... She's been to. They're very hard to find. Lake Duke and uh, over Carolina. Right. I. I you know, are you? If you're asking for a recommendation from hospitals, from Doctor well, Weefall. She's been to hospitals. Which one? Yeah. She. Who? Where's she been? And without giving too much detail, she's been to uh, Duke. She had her hip, re- a partial hip replacement at Wake. Okay. She had. Um, she's been to knee doctors at Wake. A foot doctor had. Um, private uh, foot surgery at a private doctor at uh-huh. Wake, um, and then she's been to Carolina for her spina bifida. And okay, so she's of, got a lot of things going on. Can I ask you, know. what? Where is her pain mostly? Is it in the hip, going down the whole leg? I mean, uh, well, it's uh, her. She had a uh, four bones taken out of her right foot in 16 and it's been swollen ever since oh wow yeah and and bruised um her knee hurts her right hip hurts her left leg hurts because her right leg is the one where the spina bifida that was attached and it the 
left leg was overworked. Um, she has um, stomach problems. Yeah. She has gallbladder, I mean, thyroid problems since I've known her 50-some years ago. Wow. And um, it's just, she's, she's given up. Well, have they have they sort of uh, turfed her off to one specialist for the thyroid, one for the hip, one for the knee? Is that what's happened? Yes. Yeah. And they don't know, you know. Nobody sort of puts fine, it all together. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Your hip's fine. Your foot's fine in the X-ray. Yeah. You know. So there's something maybe that could tie it all together, but nobody's found it. Is that what you're? I mean, that's what it sounds like to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I tell you, it's very hard to know. This is a this is a job for an internal medicine specialist who's been well trained, who has a caring and um, ad, sort of caring attitude, who also has a lot of patience. Now, mm-hmm. I don't mean yeah. <laughs> patience, yeah. patience, no, no, but no. you know, patience to hear and to listen. And it's, it's sad that there aren't that many people like that out there anymore practicing medicine. Yeah, we went to one at Duke, and he put four or five shots in her back, and Right. First time I asked him if he was a house, and he said no. Yep. Yeah. He wouldn't even treat his own son for a cold or something. You mean you mean he was a very detailed specialist? He was, he, and he wasn't he, a. He put shots in people's backs. That's right. right. That's what he did. That's what right. he, as he did for a well, living. I mean, and I I'm not trying to, to to disrespect my field of cardiology. Yeah. But that's what it's become. Sure. You know. I mean, I had a patient came came to me the other day. He quit this one cardiologist, and he said, "You know, I asked the the, the cardiologist to just look in my ear because he was having an <laughs> earache." And the cardiologist says, "No, no, I put do I put ears. stents in. <laughs> Go see your family doctor." Yeah, you know, and and I understand that's probably why people became a subspecialist because sure. they didn't want to deal with those problems. Yeah, but it's sad in a way, and um. I I have a photograph. I don't know if you ever saw in Life magazine. There was in 1943, and it became famous, uh-huh. um, a country doctor. Yeah. And they did um, a whole study, uh, an article with really great pictures of right. him on his daily rounds, you know, going from farmhouse to farmhouse. There's a great picture. He's in a woman's kitchen. He's got his surgical scrubs on. He's got his, his, uh, his mask hanging down. He's got a hat on. And he's, he's obviously exhausted. It's obviously 3 in the morning. He's got a cigarette in one hand and a cup of coffee in the <laughs> other hand. It's a very famous picture. Yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that is how I see myself yeah. as a physician. Right. Nowadays, it's I put shots in the back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I put shots in the back. I went to medical school. I went to college. I went to in, met residency. I went to fellowship. Yeah. And I put shots in the back. Yeah. That's you know. tough. Larry, well, listen, we, I tell we you wish what I'm going to do. Tell you yeah. what I'm going to do. Hang loose. I'm going to get your number. I'm going to talk to you off, off the air. We're going to talk some more. Because I have some ideas that I really don't want to, you know, sure. say That's fine. on the air. We'll do that. Larry, thank you. Our telephone number is 919-860-9783. Here's the thing. Diane has been on hold longer than I know anybody should ever be on hold. Well, you put me on hold the other day. On the other, On the other hand... <laughs> I have to take a short break. So, we'll talk to Diane in just a moment. This is Heart Health Radio. Well, 
I just want to thank Diane for waiting as long as she did. Absolutely. We're going to shout out Diane. Good for you, Diane. I appreciate it. Let's talk to her before we talk about anything else. Hi, Diane. Hello. How are you? Hi, Dave. Hey. What's up? I'm calling because I wanted just to have um, an idea. Uh, I'm in the process of seeking a new doctor. Sure. Mm -hmm. I've been 13 years with the doctor that I've had, but... I've grown little by little, not very happy, because I feel that the doctor has overlooked um, things when it comes to the thyroid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Yeah. And um, uh, I now have um, insurance by my husband's job. Right. And my first question is um, just a general question. I understand that the wellness exam uh-huh. will only just be wellness. In other words, if there's any issue... I should not be bringing it up. I should make a separate appointment. Is that right? Boy, that's that's an issue that uh, is difficult for me to answer because I'm biased. Um, wellness visits can be helpful, um, but what I've seen happen is that they just turn into a "Hey, how you doing?" Uh, you know, tap you on the head. Yeah. Um, I I found that really good doctors will make every visit. A wellness visit, right? They want to go over everything. Okay, how you feeling? Have you had any particular problems? Have you had this examined? Have you had your blood drawn recently? Um, because things will be subtle. And the, the more time you have to listen, and that's the biggest problem with going to the doctor today. They have no time. Yeah. You know, they're in and out. They're tapping on the computer. So there are physicians who will set, a t- set aside a time for a wellness visit. And what that should entail is head-to-toe uh, evaluations. And it's so hard to get that done. Um, and, and it's interesting because Blue Cross Blue Shield, for example, will pay a physician an extra amount of money for a wellness visit. And then they want documentation of what they've gone over. And yet I have very rarely have seen when I get the records on these wellness visits mm-hmm. that really anything was done, you know? Yeah. That's exactly the provider. <laughs> but if you're um, sick, shouldn't you mention it? What's that? If you're sick, if you've got an illness, right. if you've got a d- long-term disease, yeah. no matter what the meeting is supposed to be about, right. you got to mention. Right. Oh, no, no. We're just doing wellness today. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean... Well, it's, that's, it's, that's, the, it's, way, that's yeah. the way that it seems, well, you know, when yeah. you go to the doctor. The, you've been, one, yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead. I've interrupted you. I apologize. No, no, it's okay, doctor. It's, that's just one one uh, doubt that I had. But what you're saying is if I have any kind of concern, I should just forget about the wellness exam. Just go, this is my problem. Right. And go ahead and do the test. Yeah. Well, here's what I, let me ask you a question. Um, you've been with this doctor, we won't mention names, obviously, for a uh-huh. number of years. What made you stay with that doctor when you had doubts or when you had concerns and things weren't being done well? I've been happy with a doctor for many years, but recently, um, I remember one time one of the tests came out where the thyroid was slow. Uh And then the doctor says, oh, well, that's okay. The the, the thyroid sometimes is a little bit sluggish. You just need to do exercise. Then another time that I went, then it was very um, fast. Uh-huh. And now I realize that I seem to have some kind of situation. Right. But I, I'm I'm wondering why if, if the person has the results from the lab and the lab is saying, well, this could be possibly hypo yeah. or hyper, that's that's one. And, and I'm just 
not very happy anymore, sure. unfortunately. And, and that, that can be a problem, too. We're overloaded with information and with numbers and with labs and stuff like that. But the uh-huh. thyroid is very important. Um, because I, it can affect everything you do. It can affect your heart. It can affect your exactly. palpitations and everything. So one of the things that I think is good is that you can actually get a hold of your labs now for the most part. In fact, mm-hmm. anything you get from a doctor is yours, so they have to give it to you. Right. And, you know, I, I, I think that it's probably time, if you've lost confidence in your physician, it's probably try, time to find another one. And, mm-hmm. you know, again, I, I, I like all primary care physicians. I like to call them general practitioners. But if you've got a particular issue, um, find yourself a really good internal medicine physician who can put, integrate your thyroid problem with the rest of your body. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's not just your thyroid. It's your, it's your brain health that the yeah. thyroid can affect. It's your digestive system. It's your weight gain. It's all sorts of things. So, yeah. you know. Unfortunately, this doctor is in internal medicine, but I will have to look for another one. And I just very quickly wanted to ask you yeah. the effect of the thyroid on the heart. Since yeah. You're a heart doctor? Sure. I'm not feeling anything bad. I'm feeling just fine Good. in terms of the heart. But can you just touch that? Because many times I've listened to the program, but I haven't heard a lot about the thyroid. I know yeah. you're not a thyroid doctor, but yeah. I know you're very knowledgeable. I actually am a thyroid doctor. Tell you, uh, why don't we do this? Um, I think it's important to go over what the thyroid does to the heart, but we're kind of running out of time in this hour. So I'm going to talk about that as soon as we flip over to the next hour, because I think that's really important. The thyroid is sort of the master um, metabolism gland, and it sure does affect the heart. And I want to go over that in detail. Is this a... Is there an epidemic of women with thyroid issues? Interestingly, I know three. we think so. We I know think three. So. And we're not quite sure why. Do you remember when uh, President George H.W. Bush collapsed uh-huh. and he had Graves' disease and his wife got it at the same time? We'll talk about what that is and how it affects the heart. But I think, you know, this is Dave's thyroid night. Well, we're going to talk about the thyroid after the I, hour turns over. I might actually learn something tonight. We're going to talk about that nasal spray, energy drink, cardiomyopathy. I got to find out what that is. Yeah. And blood pressure being taken in the barbershop. Coming up next. The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio. Telephone number? You always call usually between noon and two on a Saturday. You're but, about to say that, but yeah, yeah. but not now because call now nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. I feel special. Why is that? I'm on prime time. Yes, yes. I feel special. Anyway, let's talk about the thyroid for just a little bit because yes, I think it's and, really important. And then we're going to pick up with Kim and Apex, Kim and, and Apex Phil in Raleigh, and Phil in Raleigh. Okay, so the thyroid sits 
uh, right below the man's Adam's apple. Yes. Okay, the woman doesn't have that because she's not Adam. But anyway, it is a gland that controls your metabolism. So your thyroid hormone gets into your cell and it jazzes it up and makes it have more energy. Mm-hmm. And there's a feedback because the brain has something called the pituitary. And the pituitary knows, hey, the thyroid needs to speed up a little bit. So it gives a hormone called mm. thyroid stimulating hormone. Mm. And then the thyroid produces the thyroid hormone. It's T3, T4. That's not important. But you can have either an overactive thyroid or an underactive thyroid. And if your thyroid is underactive, yes. you gain weight. Yes. You're lazy. You're tired. Your hair gets thick and coarse. Your voice gets really, really gravelly. Really? But then you can have a high thyroid. And your voice gets really high, and you get really jazzed up, and your heart starts to pound. Yes. And you can get atrial fibrillation, which we've talked about, where the upper chamber starts to palpitate, and you can get clots and stuff. So the thyroid's very important. And if your doctor, he or she, is going to draw your blood, Mm -hmm. make sure they're going to check your thyroid. Because there's a test called TSH, Thyroid Stimulating Hormone. And it's funny, because if the TSH is high... Your thyroid gland is low in function. Okay. If the TSH is low, the thyroid gland's too high. But it's really important if you've got some sort of thyroid problem, make sure it gets addressed because you could have nodules, which could become cancer. You could have a goiter when you don't have enough iodine. Have you ever, have you ever seen a picture of someone with a huge goiter? No. I mean, it looks like they've got a pillow in their neck. It's amazing. Really? So the thyroid gland is very important. And make sure your doctor checks your thyroid health because it affects everything. And it affects the heart in in what way? If does... your thyroid is too low, yes. you can actually get what's called a cardiomyopathy where your heart stops functioning well. Okay. If your thyroid is too aggressively high, your heart can pound from all the extra metabolic um, influence. Okay. You can get atrial fibrillation. You can, you can have a heart attack from too much thyroid. So what she said before, Yes. is really important. Make sure your thyroid is checked and evaluated correctly. And the doctor should also feel your neck because you can feel these lumps and bumps in your thyroid. Can't do that over the internet. No, and you know how you do it? You huh. put your two fingers oh, right no. by the trachea. You teach me how to do uh, it, uh, uh, and we're and then, all going to do it. And then, we're going to think we're sick. Then you swallow. And as you swallow, the thyroid gland comes up. And you can feel it under your two fingers. Now, okay. don't do this at home. Okay, I'm squeezing my skin, <laughs> and I'm swallowing. Oh, Dave just passed out. No, I'm just fine. Uh-huh. I'm good. I have, <laughs> I have no thyroid problem at all. Fat all, thyroid. All of my things are something else. Yeah, that's right. Your <laughs> nudicles. <laughs> right. Kim in Apex, bless you for waiting. Thank you. Hi. He can handle the rest of the show, Dave. I mean, you know... He's the one who knows all about the heart and the health and et cetera, et cetera. So what can we do for you tonight, Kim? I tried to have a baby for five years. Yes, try to have try to get pregnant for five years. Okay. No go. And then no go. all of a sudden, boom. Yeah. I was pregnant. Yes. I delivered Ooh. the baby. Yes. Brought her home. Yes. Next day. I slept 12 hours out of the day. Dad had to get up. And it was rough because I was nursing, but he had to get up. Right. Next day after that, I slept about 16 hours. You and slept? Dad, about okay. 20 hours and about 
Uh, Are you telling us that? It was about 24 hours. Okay, so so there's an important term for that. I don't know what it is, but after the birth of your child, you slept an extraordinarily long time every day after. For for how long? For four days until we got on the phone, and I said I need to see the doctor today. Right. My thyroid has quit working. Right. And the nurse said, you don't know what you're talking about. And I said, I have a computer, and I know what I'm talking about. Sure. I have to see him today. So I'm just going to translate. The doctor... Or the nurse said, "No, it's not the thyroid. You got to be. Yeah, you see, you do. And guess what, Kim? Did they do a test? Did they do a blood test on Friday? They did the test on. The are your heart doctors going to go in a cardiac arrest? Okay. Yes. Prepared days. And did it turn out he, that you have? He did the test. He called me on Monday. Right. He put me on two hundred and thirty-five milligrams of. T T three and yeah. T four. Okay. Would that be right? Could yeah. be. That would send me sailing. It was like somebody put me in six gear. Okay. And a week after having a baby, I was washing the walls. Yeah, we don't. Yes. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. Did you get? Did you have to be put on thyroid medicine the rest of your life? Yes, I am on it the rest of my life. What are you taking now? <laughs> Levothyroxine? Well, after I found a good doctor, and I'm sorry because there are some bad ones out there, and please forgive me. Well, But for that lady that called before, yes. you've got to find one that you feel good about. Right. Kim, are you on levothyroxine? I'm on levothyroxine yeah. and levothyronine. Yeah, yeah. So and this is a really one is down to seventeen point five, and one I have to have a half pill, a half a pill right. on Sunday, right. and the other one I take every day. Now, this is a a. General, I'm sorry, an internal doctor yes. was treating me for something, I'm sorry, he was not trained for. Right. Because at some point, because I do have an aneurysm in my heart, he would have killed me. All right. Well, Not Kim. Me, at that rate, Kim, are you going so fast. Kim, are you seeing somebody and pleased with the, the their level of care? Yes. Good. Okay. Uh, that's good. Yeah, it, hypothyroidism during pregnancy or after pregnancy is actually not uncommon. Yeah. And so um, she had severe hypothyroidism to the point where, I mean, her body was shutting down. Right. And I've seen this two or three times. Uh, it's called myxedema, where you, your body can swell, and they think, oh, you're just, you know, after your, your child right. is right. born. So thank God that she was... The family was persistent and got this problem solved because it's a it's a it's an amazing thing that she went through. And she went on medicine. She said it was a little hard to understand, but well, you know, she said she said that she was 
She just had a baby. Four days after having the baby, she's washing the walls in the house. In other words, trying to find more things to do. Uh-huh. That's unusual uh, for a unusual new mom. Unusual for her. And then she slept, what, four days? Right. Kim, yeah. thank you for the phone call. Have a great day. Good information. Phil in Raleigh on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Is this the famous yeah. Phil? Hi, Phil. Thank you very much. Hey. You're welcome. Hi. Um, I have a similar question. Sure. And I, I actually have a good problem. Oh, good. Um, I've always been kind of a night owl, but my job, my eight-to-five job, did not allow me to uh, pursue that. Uh-huh. But mm-hmm. I retired September 1st. And I have gotten into the habit of staying up all night. Uh-huh. I'm a big radio guy, and, and there are some good late-night radio shows uh, that go all night. Yeah. And um, so um, I have gotten into a pattern of, uh, of, of sleep problems. Yes. And... Uh, I do have some sleep aids, uh, some prescription benzodiazepines, which are addictive. And I'm, they sure can be, yeah. Yeah, I'm careful with those. I don't take them every night. Yeah. And uh, uh, the uh, supplement valerian root does work for me somewhat, but uh, I just can't seem to break break this uh, cycle Uh I lived overseas for over a decade. Yes. Have flown transatlantic dozens and dozens of times. Yes. And uh, and, and 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 dealt with the jet lag, but you know that 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 only lasted two to three days. Yes. Uh, to to get over that, and um, all right. Well, I, I just. I, I, I understand. We're we're gonna we're gonna get you some recommendations. So so the main thing is the reason to your doctor. Yeah, the reason why you're a night owl is because you just can't fall asleep at night. I mean, you just sit there and your mind's running. Is that what it is, or you just prefer to be up by yourself and listen to the radio? I mean, what is the situation? You can't fall asleep well, when you I try to, both. or you don't want to. No, I think both. I just don't. I just. I, I like to stay up all night. All right. During the day, do you like to sleep during the day? I mean, that's the big question. Well, that's the problem. I'm sleeping too much during the day. Okay. What time do you go to bed? Uh, 8, 30, 9 o'clock. In the morning? In the, in the evening. Okay. Well, then, th- then you wake up, or what happens? How do you stay up all night? Well, I wake up at... Two o'clock, and I'm okay. not awake. And okay, so you're getting about six hours of sleep. Yes, sir. Okay, so I got an idea. Yeah. Okay, I got an idea. Yeah. So is force yourself to stay up until ten o'clock at night. Now that sounds stupid, doesn't it? Ten thirty, but you can do it. And then what happens is after about a month of doing this, and your mind's all messed up because your whole cycle's off you'll eventually get into a better sleep cycle. Now, I don't recommend you get on a chronic sleep medication. He talked about benzodiazepines, so Restoril, Temazepam, Ambien, Xanax, those things. Yeah, they'll help you sleep, but if you use them long-term, 
they will become a part of your body and you won't be able to live without them. And if you do want to live without them, you have to come off. Yeah. Now, I'm a big believer in something called melatonin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for a lot of people it works, for some people it doesn't. No, but, no, no melatonin for me. It doesn't work. It, but let me ask you a question. How much should you take? Uh, I forget. Uh, I, okay. I, I have... Okay. Long and have you tried? Um, have you tried like Advil PM that has Benadryl in it? Have you tried that? No, sir. Okay. So what I'm saying is that I can't treat you over the phone and tell you what to do. These are over-the-counter medications, mm-hmm. so I'm not prescribing them for you. But there are a lot of people who benefit from the combination of Benadryl, which is an antihistamine that you know you take for. Uh, the runny nose, the snotty nose when you have allergies, and then melatonin, which is a, a natural compound that exists in your brain. Yeah. And a lot of people have benefited from melatonin gummies, you know, the little gummy mm-hmm. things. And the reason why is you chew it and it, it like gets into your system right away. Mm-hmm. And then combine with a little bit of Benadryl. And what I would recommend that you do, and of course, we always say this, check with your physician to make sure that this is the correct thing for you to do, is to try to force yourself to stay up and get yourself doing something and then finally collapse in bed about 10, 30, 11 o'clock and try to well, reset your cycle. Yes, sir. Yeah, and and uh, I, I agree. And I do have a cousin that, he, I don't know what he did exactly, but he worked night shift and he's trying to make the transition back to a normal that's tough. It is hard. He says, it, he says it's really tough. It's really hard. I used to do it all the time when I was a resident. And then, you know, I would work 36 hours straight. And then I'd try to get eight hours of sleep, come back to work, and then right. get another eight hours of sleep. And that was it. Right. I mean, that's a maniac. I mean, honestly. Phil, and, I, I, I don't, I'm the non-medical guy here, but I've got a suggestion. You've had two years of education. Yes. Half of my medical school sitting here next to me. You yeah. are educated okay here's here's the thing phil this radio station is always working always looking for board operators <laughs> these are people who push the buttons late at night you could get the overnight job here he'd probably fall asleep at the wheel. Yeah, he'd probably fall asleep yeah he'd probably fall phil asleep. you think you'd be able to stay awake uh <laughs> that's a that's a that's funny all right. Well, okay. Here's what I'm going to recommend hey, you I'm do. I'm sorry. Phil. Talk, talk to your, talk to your doc. <laughs> ask him about whether Benadryl and melatonin are good for you. Try to keep yourself awake until 10:30, and then happy, happy dreams. Yeah. Good luck to you. Good luck. Thank you, Phil. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. This is Heart Health Radio, and this is not a fake news moment. Are we ready with uh, 3812? Are we ready for 3812? Get, get it ready. It's same same letters as before. This is Rand Paul. Now, Rand Paul's a senator. Senator, he, I have to get back to you on that one. I'm not familiar uh, with Hold that. on just a moment. Well, you think you might want to Do you think you could stop that? That's on the radio now? Okay. There All we right. go. Good. All right. Here's the thing. Rand Paul's talking to Javier Becerra. Who's that? Head of the 
uh, HHS. Oh, okay. It would be Health and Human Services. Right. Now, you might he he's been running around. Javier, Javier Becerra has been running around the country and not running, but going around the country and telling people that people like Rand Paul, who say that maybe you don't need the vaccine if, if you have natural immunity. If you have natural immunity, he's calling them flat earthers. Right. So here is Senator Paul barbecuing this fella. Senator, I'd have to get back to you on that one. I'm not familiar with that study. Well, you think you might want to be if you're going to travel the country insulting the uh, millions of Americans, including NBA star Jonathan Isaac, who have had COVID, recovered, look at a study with 2.5 million people and say, well, you know what? It looks like my immunity is as good as a vaccine or not. And in a free country, maybe I ought to be able to make that decision. Instead, you've chosen to travel the country calling people like Jonathan Isaac and others, myself included, flat earthers. We find that very insulting, goes against the science. Are you a doctor or a medical doctor? I've worked uh, over 30 yeah. years on health so policy. You're, you're not a medical doctor. Do you have a science degree? And yet you travel the country calling people flat earthers who have had COVID, looked at studies of millions of people, and made their own personal decision that their immunity they naturally acquired is sufficient. But you presume somehow to tell over 100 million Americans who have survived COVID, they have, we have no right to determine our own medical care. Okay, so the fella is a lawyer. He is a probably a really good lawyer. He's probably a very good administrator of things. I've got a doctor here in studio with me. Sir, do you have a medical degree? Uh, I bought one on, online. Okay. You do have a medical degree. Did you go to school for science? I did. You did? Well, I, I got a, a Bachelor of Arts, actually, but it was a science degree at Princeton. Yeah. And I got the Senior Thesis Prize. Okay. And then I went to Johns Hopkins. All right. Blah, and blah, blah. And you, went, yeah. and you went to medical school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's the, yeah. here's the question. Yeah. It's really the question that Rand Paul's asking. If I've had COVID, is it possible I don't need a shot? Yes. Now, I am not, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Because, you know, they're taking away doctor's licenses now if yeah. they say, quote, unquote, misinformation. Yeah, yeah. So, for example, I believed a year ago that the Wuhan lab was the source of COVID. Right. But that was officially declared misinformation by YouTube, Google, mm-hmm. and they took it off the, the thing. Yeah. And so now they can get rid of doctors who they claim are mis- giving misinformation. But what is misinformation? So here's the thing. I might get in trouble for this because now the party line is that if you've had COVID, you need to get a vaccine. Okay. Show me the proof that you need one. Sure, I've had stories that people have gotten COVID twice. Yeah. But in the National Institutes of Health, there are a group of scientists who published in the journal Science, one of the best, Mm -hmm. in January of 2021 that showed that the immunity from having COVID is much better than the immunity from the vaccine. Okay. So remember we talked about T cells as the natural killers. They're going to kill everything. And the B cells produce the the, um, antibodies. My God, the government itself, these government scientists are saying natural immunity is great. Right. And yet the party line is 
you need to have the vaccine. And so for someone like this HHS guy, what's mm-hmm. his name again? What's his name again? Uh, Xavier or Javier Becerra. Or whatever. To claim that we're flat earthers? Right. I mean, it's just ridiculous. And well, so I don't blame Rand Paul for being upset. Actually, he handled it in a pretty good way. He sure did. But, yes. you know, if I had had COVID, would right. I get a vaccine? That's a personal question for me. And you know what? I would get it. Yeah. Uh, just for me. Yeah. You know, I want to be super duper pooper immune. But if Rand Paul got COVID and he right. doesn't want to get a vaccine, right? then don't get a vaccine and don't berate him and tell him he's stupid. Because let me tell you something. He ain't stupid. But, th- but the other Paul part. Rand Paul is a smart guy. And the other part of it is you have, in your entire life, you have never convinced anybody of anything by calling them stupid. Right. It's never worked. In never. The, and trust me, and, and, my dad said it to me a hundred million right. times, yeah. and, it, and it never convinced me of nothing. Right. But the other thing, this is why I think some of the vaccination um, pro-vaccinators yeah. have been, shall I say, stupid. Because <laughs> what talk. they've done, that they've taken the tack of saying, yeah. you better get your vaccine or you're stupid. Yeah, that's it, it's just not going to work. Please be gentle with anybody. We're going to talk about convincing people one way or the other uh, in just a moment. This is Heart Health Radio. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefald. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. That fella just said the telephone number, 919-860-9783. We're a live show, although... We're recording this, and some people will hear this yeah. on recording. Yeah. But right now, this We're is live. live on a Friday on. night. Why are we on on a Friday night? Um, I think WPTF yes. got the UNC football contract. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, so there's going to be a football game preempting us. So right. right now, we're preempting a nationally known news guy, right? Yeah, Brian Kilmeade. Yeah, Brian Kilmeade is usually in But this it's thing. the repeat of Brian Kilmeade. How many times yeah. can you listen to Brian Kilmeade uh, repeat himself? I, you know. I, I, want, I want to tell you something. Yes. I, I want to announce this to the audience. Yeah. Because I think it's a very interesting and unique thing. Mm-hmm. There are people who are super immune to COVID. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. Know. So they're studying these people. Um, some people actually before the pandemic mm-hmm. um, arrived, they had given blood. Yeah. This is like a year before. And guess what they did when they looked at their blood? Hmm. They had antibodies to COVID. Now, does this mean that COVID came around a year before? No, no. The coronavirus family is huge, and there are multiple types. Okay. And some people develop antibodies and had had them for eons, years, that cross-react to every single coronavirus there is. So there's something in common. That's why they're called coronaviruses. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, they're super immune. Now, not only their antibodies, but their T cells. Those are the white blood cells that roam around your bloodstream, specifically designed to eat invaders. Yeah. It's like Pac-Man. Yeah. You know, of course, <laughs> our younger audience would have no idea what Pac-Man is. It's exactly right? like Pong. Right. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to tell people... On the air, I hope when I get in trouble, is I think I'm super immune. 
Really? Yeah. Let me tell you how I, I think I'm coming across this. As a physician, I, I never stop seeing patients. Mm-hmm. Um, we took our precautions. We still do. I test myself every day. Did you really? know that? Yeah. I did not know. Yeah. I found that there is, by McKesson, that's a company that produces uh, medical stuff, you know, mm-hmm. cloth, masks, and stuff, where they produce uh, or they sell a really good rapid test. And I've studied this test, compared it to the PCR one. The PCR is the genetic material test that takes a day. Yeah. The um, rapid test is a measure of the protein on the end of the coronavirus, the, the spike protein that we're all, you know, latches onto us. Yeah. And it tells you whether it's there or not. Yes. So the rapid test is you put this thing up your nose and you squiggle it around. And I think the reason why there are false negatives hmm. is because people are afraid to keep that thing up there long enough. Yes. So I put it up my nose. For 30 seconds, I wiggle it around. Really? And then I put it up the other nose. That's interesting. My left nose tickles. My right doesn't. Okay. So I put up my left nose. I got to start sneezing and stuff. I've tested negative for God knows how long. And so I've had both shots. But right. what will happen? What happened was last year, for example, mm-hmm. I'd say, whatever happened to Joe Schmo patient? Oh, you didn't hear? Yeah. yeah. The day after he saw you, he went to the hospital with COVID. Really? Yeah. That's probably 10 or 15 interactions. Yeah. Um, I was on the elevator with somebody in my apartment building. Yes. Uh, just having a conversation. Three days later, they're in the hospital with COVID. I have never tested positive. Now, there are two people that I'm very close to that yeah. I have a work association with. Um, they got COVID. Yes. And I spent half an hour, 45 minutes with them one day. Yeah. No masks, nothing, because it wasn't um, at high-risk development right. or situation. Never right. got it. And I'm going to continue to test myself every day. Right. Going to get that booster uh, if I can get the Novavax, which is the new vaccine that's going to come out. I'm going to get that. Yeah. If they let me do it. Because um, I think that there are certain individuals, and I'm not claiming superiority. I'm just saying, I mean, if anybody should have got it, it's me. Because you see so many people. Right. Right. Okay. The FDA is going to be looking over the next month into the Pfizer shot for children. Yeah. And boosters for Moderna and Johnson & Johnson recipients. Because I got Moderna. There is no booster shot. Although. Yeah, there is. And that's another article I'm going to you about. Which is people are just walking in and asking for a booster. Really? And they're getting it. Okay. Are they getting like. Yeah. So. Uh, are they getting Moderna not, or Johnson & Johnson? I'm not telling you to do this. No. No, no, but no. But people are doing this. And there are, for example, um, uh, what you call pharmacies. Yeah. That have Moderna. Okay. And people are walking in and saying, uh, can I have another one? Oh. And they're letting them have another oh, one. Oh, yeah. And I think that I'm not going to name any pharmacies. I'm no. not going to tell you where to go. I don't think they're breaking the law. They're just right. doing guidelines that are not they're, – they're not following guidelines. Right. Now, why is that? They've never even approved Moderna as formally. It's still on emergency use only. Okay. They've approved Pfizer for regular use. They've, they've gone beyond and given it the old Hail Mary. You know, mm-hmm. it's good. Mm-hmm. And they've approved that for – um, the booster shots. Right. They don't want you to take a Pfizer booster if you've had Moderna. Right. 
which I'm not so sure the science says no. I think this is another Fauciism, okay, that says, well, I just don't think it's the right thing to do. Okay, why? Because I just don't think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. And there are there are people. <laughs> yeah. Hundreds of thousands of them all over the world. Sure. Who got one Moderna and one Pfizer. Sure they did. By mistake. Yeah. Nothing happened to him. I know a guy who nothing happened to him. Accidentally went to the soda machine instead of buying a Pepsi, he got bought a, a Coke, Coke, or a Mountain Dew. And yeah, I mean, is it that generic? Let me tell you the mRNA. Yeah. In Pfizer. Yeah. And the mRNA, that's the genetic material that they inject in you that turns into the spike protein. Yeah. Guess what? Yeah, I it's don't I- know. It's identical. Okay, so in it's theory, identical. in theory. Yeah. These are similar enough. But it's not just in theory. There are plenty of people who, by mistake, right. got shot with Moderna and then got shot with Pfizer. Okay. And so, you know, I I am not going to advocate this because okay. I don't want to lose my license to practice medicine. No, no, no. But I, I would say this, that if by mistake you wound up getting a Pfizer on top of two Modernas, yeah. I don't think anything's going to happen to you. I don't recommend you do this. Right. Right. But there are people who are doing it, and there are people who are sneaking an extra Moderna in. Now, the FDA is dragging its feet. They need to approve Moderna yes. formally, and they need to approve Moderna booster shots. And yeah. they have no reason not to. Huh. I don't know why they're not. Do you know why? I have the slightest idea. Will you call 1-800-FDA and up let's a, ask them? All right. I'm going to ask you about something, and then yeah. while you're talking about it, okay. I'm going to I'm gonna call the FDA. I'm okay. sure they're working late because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Right. Energy drink cardiomyopathy. Yeah, yeah. So you, you may know that I am not anti-energy drink. I'm just not. Yeah. Okay? I drink... Uh, and again, what I tell you I do, do not do. No, no, no. Okay, but I have a five-hour energy in the morning, uh-huh. an extra strength. That's 200 milligrams of caffeine. That's about a large cup of coffee. Mm. Okay? The reason why I do that is it's quick and rapid. You douse it down. You, you know, yeah. you're done. Yeah. Cup of coffee for me, it gets cold. First, it's too hot. Right. Then you put it down. You can remember to go back to it. It's too cold. That's about 200 milligrams of caffeine. So then around five hours later, I have another one. Yeah. And then I go home, and I don't have one. I have dinner. Yeah. And, you know, goof off. And I feel great. Mm -hmm. I have two cups, equivalent, two cups of coffee. So then what happened? Uh, Starbucks got worried. Seriously. Sure. Because five-hour energy was about (laughs) the same amount of money as a... Uh, a cup of coffee yeah. from Starbucks. Oh, what, what's a lente latte now? About five bucks? I have no idea. Yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's expensive. Okay. So then they started saying that energy drinks will kill you. And one of the biggest problems was something called Red Bull. So Red Bull's about eight ounces, and it's got about 200 milligrams of caffeine in it. Yeah. What the young guys were doing and gals were um, Red Bull and vodka. Yes. Okay. So that yes. was a problem. I've the heard. The reason of why it. they were doing that is so they could get drunk and stay awake. Yeah. So four or five of those is four or five cups of coffee. Well, then they came up with a warning. Warning. Yeah. Warning. Sure. Energy drinks cause cardiomyopathy. Warning. So what was this all about? The guy that came up with a weak heart—that's what a cardiomyopathy is—was when your muscle 
stops contracting, stops pumping hard, and gets big and flabby. Yeah. And you get heart failure. That means your heart can't, it fails to pump well. Well, this guy had an energy drink history. Okay? Yeah, okay. Guess how much? I don't know. Two liters of Red Bull a day. Okay? (laughs) So this is the thing that I want to tell you, okay, is that the guys who make those coffees. Yes. You know how much a Starbucks actually the materials cost? About three cents a cup. Sure. Three cents a cup. Coffee. And they sell them for five bucks. Yeah. They have a vested interest in having you not drink an energy drink. Think about it. Yeah. I'm going to tell you this right now. Yes. If you're dumb enough. Yes. To drink two liters. Oh, sure. Of Red Bull. Yes. Now, there's a guy who drank two liters of Coke who died. Coca-Cola who died. Yeah, that's Anytime you drink two liters of anything except water you have a chance of getting yourself messed up. So if you hear about energy drinks causing your heart to collapse and explode, yes, if you drink two liters. But you know, all the, all the research can be tied right back to, to big coffee. Big coffee. The big coffee. The big coffee. The big commercial coffee Juan Valdez. Yes, Juan Valdez. Do we ever see Juan Valdez No, Yeah, you you know there's a brand of coffee. Well, I thought that was kind of bad because he had a donkey. Yes. And he had that, what's that called? The vest thing that they wear? I don't know. You know, it's burlap and stuff. And he had a big old hat and I'm Juan Valdez and I do Colombian coffee. You don't see him anymore. You know why? Do you know why? Why? He works for Red Bull now. He does. Yeah. yeah. He, and you know what? You know, he, yeah. he drinks the Red Bull <laughs> and then he, he does X Games stuff. Yes. And the donkey is on roller skates too. Okay. He switched over. Just like that guy for um can you hear me now? The AT and T guy. Yeah, he, he switched sprint. companies. Juan yeah. Valdez now works for Red Bull. No, I didn't I did not know that. It's true. All right. There is a uh, fellow who got a high bill. For a COVID test. That's what I was going to do for the shame, the hall of shame. Yeah, what is it? Now, you remember when the COVID thing hit back in March or May, yeah. and then they rapidly got the tests out. Of course, <laughs> the CDC made the first batch of tests, and they were contaminated. Yes. But they finally got the test out, and uh, they had the rapid ones, which uh, you know you stick up your nose and you can measure the protein. Yeah. And they got the... Um, the uh, PCR ones that measure the RNA, the virus actually replicating. Well, the government said that all insurance companies have to pay the entire cost of the test. Okay? okay? They right. just have to. All so right. they were worried that if there was a copay, that people would be afraid to go and get their test. Okay? So there's a guy who thought he had COVID. And he went to Texas. Well, I'm sorry, he lived in Texas. And he went to, uh, like, in a freestanding emergency room. Sure. Um, called an ER facility. And they got a COVID test. Five minutes. Yeah. Was in there, up yeah. the schnoz. Yeah. And then he got the test, and it was negative. Well, then he got the bill. Yeah. And that test, they billed $54,000 <laughs> for the five-minute interaction <laughs> With the test. And guess what their health insurance paid? What? (laughs) $54,000. Now, you know that this is why we physicians and people in medical care get a bad name. And it turns out this was not a mistake. They really meant to do it. This was the billing company being told 
that we're going to bill $54,000 for these tests now because the insurance is going to pay for them. Wow. Now, Molina Healthcare. Have you heard of them? Hmm. That's a guy from my residency. That's yeah. a long story. He founded a healthcare company, a billionaire giant, and he got, he got fired from it. Anyway, so Molina Healthcare paid this, yeah. paid the bill. Paid the bill. The guy complained. And, you know, his copay was $0. Sure. But he still complained. He's sure a good he American. Did. Good for him. And they cut it back down to $5,000. <laughs> now, here's the thing, okay? I do these tests, okay? Yes. 34 bucks. Sure. Kit and caboodle. Yeah. 34 bucks. In and out. $5,400. I saw another bill from an emergency room. Three stitches in a kid's hand. Not the lip, not the face. Yeah. 3000 bucks. Wow. 3000 bucks. And it was a resident that did it? No, it was he some was... guy. It was, it was a board certified. Okay. You know? The other thing is, I want everybody who goes to the emergency room yes. to ask for their records. Yeah. Because I want them to call me. Because the emergency room and other doctors have to have to um, document what they did. Yes. Okay. So I get these reports back, and they say deep tendon reflex is normal. Yeah. Pupils were equal and round, reactive yeah. white. You know, you, you see all this documentation. If you don't know what it means, um, you think, oh wow, you know. They did. Well, a lot. I had a I had a patient come in, and they were really mad, and they said the doctor was there for thirty seconds. Yep. I said really. I said, and the wife was there too. Swear to God. Yeah. 30 seconds. And I looked at it. And they had documented, you know, they looked at his hair follicles under his armpit. Yeah. Let me know if that happens to you. Okay. Because it's happening more and more. And you know what it's called? Hmm. Up coding. Really? What do they do? Yeah. If I do a visit that lasts 15 to 20 minutes and I spend another 10 minutes, I have to document what I did. Sure. That's a 99214. I'm sure you've heard of that. But they pay you a certain amount for that. Yeah. And you have to have circumvent documents. So I have to document all that stuff. Well, in emergency rooms and in other places, if they don't have all that stuff in there, right. then they don't get a certain amount of money paid. And so you know how they can document it? Huh. You push a button on the computer terminal. Yes. And it says 99214 and documentation. It did it. As if it did. And it, it fills it in. Yeah. And then, you know, there's some copays involved, so you're going to pay out of pocket for it. Right. But make sure that what is actually done or said well, was done to you was really done to you. When I was in the hospital for my surgery, I've forgotten which one it was. <laughs> you have had, what, 20? Yeah, I've had enough. Yeah. Um, you're a line item on Wake, wake Med's budget. Will he right? see the thing? Well, yeah, I know there's a cardiologist somewhere who's named his boat after me. Right, yes. Okay. Yeah. But here's the thing. There would be people coming in. Hi, I'm from the uh, such and such department, <laughs> and I'd be like, Yeah, 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 uh-huh. uh-huh. And then, are you how you feeling? Is everything all right? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they'd walk out. It was a whole minute and a half. And where they charge you? I don't know what they charge me. Yeah, but I know they charge me. Yeah, I know they charge. And the, what you should do yeah. is grab that that consultation note or that. Progress note. You know why? Why? I guarantee it'll say pupils equal around yes. with light accommodation. And yes. You ask him, how'd you know that? Well, I, I saw the glint in his eye. That's exactly right. You know, no, I really... had people I had people from the OT and PT yeah. department, occupational therapy yeah. and physical therapy, and they were coming in and then leaving. 
I was in bed all week. They never touch you out. No, they never got me out of the. No, they did. Well, that's what they're supposed to do. No, so you know what occupational therapy is? Sure, it's supposed to make you be able to read again, right? And write again, yeah. And play with blocks, you know. I didn't have a problem with yeah. that. I had my heart operated. I know. I was fine with that. They want to get you back on your feet, literally. All right. And they didn't do it. No. Why would they do it? They didn't have to. They just walked in, walked out, and got paid. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, that's it. You and I have got to start a national campaign. No more upcoding. No. We got to start a hospital. We got to start a hospital. I want to get paid for walking in and walking out. (laughs) All right, this is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. This is Heart Health Radio. I'm shouting out Dave Alexander. Yes, the nicest guy I know. Uh, I, you know, you may know him. (laughs) No, one of my. One of my students gave me an award. What? It's the, um, they have an awards assembly every week, and they gave me an award, Greatest Teacher Award. Oh, you're okay? kidding. But Congratulations. It has, but it had somebody else's name on it. <laughs> what? Crossed out, and then my name above it. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's so good. That so is good. Great. So we're shouting out Dave Alexander. Yeah. You wanted to talk about this barbershop. Yeah, this is a great thing. idea. Yeah. So African Americans in inner cities, especially places like Atlanta, they don't have, this is one of the big problems with our healthcare system. They don't have as much access to healthcare right. that we do, and, and hypertension. And the complications of high blood pressure, such as kidney failure, mm-hmm. blindness, things like that, are much higher in those black um, Americans who don't get adequate medical care. Uh-huh. So um, did you ever see that movie? What was it called? Barbershop? Is it? Yeah. yeah. That's what it was called. Yeah. And so apparently um, they got the idea from this concept of the neighborhood barbershop where people hang out. Yeah. And it's more than what I mean. Do you hang out in a barbershop? I don't. Never. But there are a lot of people that yeah. hang out in barbershops. And they figured, well, let's go to some barbershops that are frequented by black men and mm-hmm. let's see if we can get them into the blood pressure thing. Yeah. So instead of shaving a haircut, it's shave and a blood pressure check. Sure. Or a haircut and a blood pressure. And they did it. And they got them, they taught the barbers how to take blood pressures. They taught the barbers how to teach about low salt, all these things. They yeah. got the barbers hooked in with the clinics. So the clinic would go treat them for their blood pressure. They'd follow up at the barbershop. It worked. Really? Yes. 40% <clears throat> excuse me, of the men who frequented these particular barbershops in Atlanta had high blood pressure that was untreated. And right. after this program was involved in six months, 85% of those people had normal blood pressure again. I think it's fantastic. Really? I mean, talk about, this is in Nashville, Tennessee, in right. Atlanta. Right. What a great idea, you know? And so, you know, whoever um, thought this up, and they really don't tell There's. I, I'm sorry. They publish it as the L-A-B-B-P-S, Los Angeles Barbershop Blood Pressure Study. <laughs> and it was not only in Los Angeles. It was in Nashville, Los Angeles, Atlanta, right. a bunch of other cities. And so if you have an idea like this, yeah, I mean, for gosh sake, say it, because this could save some lives. 
You know? I can see it. Barbershop quartet. I know. You know, no. a, a, a barbershop blood pressure at. Yeah. You know, I think it's a great idea. I'm sorry, but these ideas really excite me. That's great. Because we can, we can you know, deliver health care, not just in a doctor's office. We can do it places where people go. Why well, the beauty parlor. Well, years, years and years and, and hundreds of years ago, the barbershop was the medical place. Okay, so here's my quiz. Yeah. Why is the barber pole the way it is? Red and white stripes spinning. Why? I have no idea. Come on. You just said, what were barbers? Barbers were kind the of... original surgeons. The original surgeons. And you know surgery? You know the Hippocratic Oath. Yeah. You know where you take that hip from do, Hippocrates. Do no, do no, do no harm. harm. You know, that says you can't do surgery. Do not cut the stone. Yeah, people don't okay. realize that when you take the Hippocratic Oath, and if you do the real one, yeah. you're swearing to God you'll never do surgery. Because but anyway... Back because in the day, the they didn't barbers, want you doing that. Yeah. The guys who cut your hair yes. took out your gallstone. Yes, they did. And so the red and white is blood. Oh, my. And the bandage. Really? That's what that barber thing is, the barber pole. And they the reason they don't explain it to you. Is because they don't want blood and a bandage. They don't want to. If you do that now, uh, you get in trouble. Here's another question for you. Yeah. Well, Have you ever gotten a shave at a barber shop? Never. Let me tell you. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. It's heaven. Is it really? Yeah. So my dad used to get a shave. I would go get a haircut. Have you ever heard of a regular <laughs> boy's haircut? It's yeah. what they call now high and tight. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah, the yeah, yeah. My dad would get a shave, and I'd watch him, and you know, they'd get that hot lather and those hot towels, and then they'd, you know. Yeah. So I finally decided to do it. And my dad paid a couple bucks and got a shave. Yeah. You know how much mine was? What? I walked in and I said, this is, you guys can can do it? Yeah. 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 Guess how long you have to go to barber school for in Uh, order to be certified to do that. Better tell me quick. 18 months. 18 months for barber school. No, they're great. I wouldn't trust them. I wouldn't. All right. Well, that's it. That's it. I have enjoyed this evening show. It is Heart Health Radio in the in the bag again. We'll see you back next Friday at this time. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.